The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Boris Johnson steps down, Berlusconi passes on, Trump ends up in the dock. Strange times indeed. We're joined by Alistair Campbell, writer, communicator, mental health campaigner and host of The Rest is Politics with former Tory Minister Rory Stewart. Alistair, good morning. Hi, Pa. How are you? Now, uh, Boris... uh, (laughs) Boris Johnson. Boris Johnston. Uh, and I know we should always refer to him by his full title, lest we appear to over to to be kind of fond of uh, the buffoon. But he's gone uh, forever. Uh, I, listen, he's not going to be gone forever in terms of being a noise on the scene. But I think in terms of ever getting remotely close to senior office anywhere in the world, I think it's done. Um, he should never have been there in the first place. He should never have got to the bottom of the political pile, let alone the top. I do think that the country needs to take a hard, long look at itself as to how we allowed such a charlatan and a liar and somebody of such lack of qualities that you need for political leadership to get to the top. It happens in other countries, though, and I've mentioned uh, two other figures, uh, Berlusconi in Italy, who might be seen as the model for Trump and indeed for Boris Johnson, uh, right-wing populism. Well, Pat, if you take a look at my latest book, which was written while Berlusconi was still alive, I do make the point that I think in many ways he is the the father of modern polarising populist post-truth politics. Uh, he was perhaps the first to recognize not just, I mean, politicians have always known that it's good to have the media kind of broadly on side, but actually he went even further than that. And he essentially, he, he didn't just get the media on side, he became the media. And he was absolutely one of those figures who decided that this populist approach to politics and dividing people rather than bringing them together and not worrying too much about whether you said what was true was true or not or even whether it was legal or not that that became a kind of a modus operandi and you look at what's happening in america now with trump and you see berlusconi with knobs on the the thing about berlusconi is that he opened the door uh, to neo-fascism returning to the mainstream of Italian politics, uh, given that you know they said it could never happen after Mussolini and uh, what he did to Italy, uh, and you know you wonder how far this particular cancer will spread. Well, you certainly look at you look at the UK and you think, well, okay, Johnson has gone, um, but you look at America and. Trump has gone in that he's gone from the White Office, White Office the, sorry, he's gone from the White House, but he hasn't gone in terms of his impact and his presence on the stage. I mean, to think that we're even able still to have a conversation about whether Trump might come back when he's already been done for a serious sexual offence and now he's actually going to get his, his, his mugshot in a, in a federal uh, criminal case uh, just shows you the extent to which politics has moved. I mean, if you think it's half a century now since Nixon was uh, w- was forced to resign over a misdemeanor that, frankly, Donald Trump would probably not even think was that wrong, um, given some of the things that he appears to have been up to both as president and since leaving the White House and taking all this stuff with him. So I think there's no doubt that getting rid of populists like Bolsonaro, like Johnson, like Trump, it's not the same as getting rid of populism. And I think the virus of populism is still around. 
the question of, of Johnson's departure, um, he jumped the gun because he was going to be sanctioned anyway um, and he decided to save some face. But he has decided, you know, not to go quietly, but to leave Rishi Sunak with problems. Absolutely. And it's just completely in keeping with the character of the man. And this is who we're talking about. And this is why it so annoys me that, the, the, frankly, the enablers who made Johnson possible, in my view, are just as bad as he is because they knew who and what he is. The, the media people who to this day are still many of them supporting him, the MPs who knew what sort of character he was. Now, the fact is, he did become Conservative Party leader. He was a very effective campaigner and he did win the Brexit referendum and he did become Prime Minister. But every single person who backed him, in my view, has to look at themselves and say, how did we fall for that charlatan? And what he's doing with Sunak is now is typical because the truth is Johnson has never cared about anything other than Boris Johnson. And so the party, the Conservative Party, I don't give a damn about the Conservative Party, but I don't think it's good for our country that it's now in such a mess as it's the government. And But the fact is that the Conservative Party, was, when it was useful to him, he loved it. Now that it's turned against him or that very, very few people other than sort of the absolute true believers like Nadine Dorries. And the fact that we're talking in our country today about the rights and wrongs of whether Nadine Dorries should have been given a peerage in the resignation honours list, it further says to the the public outside the UK and indeed inside the UK, but what the, the outside world thinks of this is just beyond me. They must look at us and think, we have become a joke. Now, he is going to damage Rishi Sunak because when I say his interest, Johnson only cares about his own interest, his interest now is for Sunak to lose the election because yeah. then he thinks he might have a chance of coming back. Um, do you think that's possible? I mean, we know he has delusions of uh, Churchill about he, himself, uh, and Churchill obviously had a long political career with many ups and downs, but he did return uh, to number 10 Downing Street. Does Boris Johnson really believe he can do that? I suspect that that, that, that in, his, in his head he probably does. I think he's, uh, look, his whole life has been about getting into scrapes, being taught, including when he was at school, by the way, you know, it, it is interesting that you can, we, because we have been able to see some of his school reports, including at school and at Oxford and in his journalism career and in his political career, his whole life has been about getting into scrapes, being told off for it, being told by people that that's it, you've gone too far this time, and then getting out of the scrape. That's what motivates him. And he will be sitting there thinking, yeah, they've written me off before, but I, but I, I actually look, and that's why I've always been loath to say in the past the guy's finished. But I really do think he's finished now. He's not finished in terms of being a voice, of being a noise. He'll go abroad and make loads and loads of money for t telling tedious stories about himself. He'll create a completely false narrative. He's already doing it about how he was forced out. This nonsense that it was the establishment that forced him out. I mean, for heaven's sake. Is, is he couldn't get enough ministers to sit in, in his own government. And now a parliamentary committee dominated by conservatives has basically said, sorry, mate, we gave you the benefit of the doubt for far too long. You actually are a liar. You did lie to parliament okay. during COVID. You've got to go. Yeah. Now, uh, the question of any revisionism yet on Brexit, you know, people quietly saying we were wrong. 
Oh, I mean, there's 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 a lot of people saying it quite quite loudly. However, the government is determined to pretend that Brexit is going well, and the Labour Party is determined for Brexit not to be a big issue at the next election. So I'm afraid the size of the elephant's rear is growing and growing and growing. Um, now, where it ends, I just don't know. But the fact is, you know, yet again today, there's another report today. I was just reading this morning an American business investment report saying that that one of the reasons for the decline in American investment is Brexit. You're seeing further damage to the economy, further damage to our standing in the world. But at the moment, nobody in politics prepared to sort of face up to that reality and say, how do we how do we fix this? When you look across the Atlantic and you see that there are many prominent voices in the Republican Party still supporting Donald Trump in spite of the awfulness of uh, the man himself and the things that he's uh, done, um, it's so difficult for people to admit maybe they've got it wrong over such a long period of years, you know, maybe a decade or so with uh, Trump to say, this man is appalling, uh, we didn't see it. It's very hard for politicians to do that. Yeah, but it's, it's, uh, th- this is what I meant when I said earlier, it's easier to get rid of a populist than populism. If you look at the way that the those on the Republican candidates who want to be the presidential nominee at the next uh, American election, like Ron DeSantis and others, they're all essentially playing the, the same populist game. Ron DeSantis, by all accounts, is actually quite a clever guy who probably thinks quite deeply about stuff, but he's playing a game. He's, he's basically saying, to win against Trump, I have to kind of out-Trump Trump. And that is the, that's the danger that in our, of our politics at the moment. That's why I, I really do hope that the Conservative Party, apart from the sort of modicum of small number of real true believers in Johnson who can't, can see nothing but good coming out of his eyes and his mouth, I really do hope they understand that if they are to react in the way that the Republicans have reacted with Trump, then our politics is in a deep, deep, deep mess. And let me tell you, I honestly do think that America at the moment, which is so polarized, where the politics is so difficult, I dread to think what that country would be like if we didn't have Joe Biden as president at the moment. Somebody just is very quietly, calmly getting on and doing the job of American president. Mm, and the problem is uh, keeping Joe Biden fit and well um, and able to face Donald Trump in those presidential debates, which are uh, just over a year away. I'm just uh, struck by that. You remember that remark uh, coined by H.L. Mencken? No one ever went broke underestimating the intelligence of the American public. Never was it truer than today. Well, listen, let's just hope there are enough who will see through it. But, you know, when you see the reaction on the Republican side of American politics, I saw a poll the other night about whether they believed the this indictment against Trump was politically motivated and was all part of some sort of great conspiracy. And it's, you know, the numbers are way too high. Yeah. Uh, given that, because this is what happens in these situations, is that people like Trump and people like Johnson, because they can never, ever accept the responsibility of their own actions, because they can never admit the truth about themselves, they have to attack the institutions. So Johnson, actually one of the worst things about Johnson's reaction the other day was to say these parliamentarians, including people he campaigned against, campaigned for Brexit, friends of his, conservatives, he basically says of them, they've all made up their minds, they've all been manipulated by Harriet Harman, who's the Labour person in the chair, it's a kangaroo court, etc., etc. That's a fundamental attack 
on the democratic institutions on which our democracy is meant to be founded. And that is dangerous. And Trump is doing exactly the same in saying that a judge is politically motivated that the whole thing's being run by Biden and all the other lies and nonsense that he talks. Alistair, thank you very much. I just want to Thanks, pass Pat. on a message from Damien and Carla who said your leading podcast with Mary McAleese was magnificent. So, oh my God, she go. was absolutely brilliant. We had so much love for that. We said, so many people kept saying, couldn't you have made it three hours longer? <laughs> Alistair, thank you very much for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.